to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Trevor Oldham. Trevor is the founder of Podcasting You, where he has helped hundreds of real estate investors raise money for their syndications by being guests on podcasts. So how are you doing today, Trevor? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing great today and excited to speak with you today and excited to speak to your audience. Thank you so much. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and if you can give us a little bit of background on um, what you do with Podcasting You, that would be great. Sure. So the story starts about probably about six years ago. At this point, I was had a company, and with that company, I was running a podcast. And this was back in 2015, and I was interviewing some well-known entrepreneurs, and and I was really enjoying it. And after about a year and a half, I had one of the people that I was interviewing. She asked if I could get her booked on shows, and, and she was a turnkey real estate investor out of Los Angeles. I thought to myself, well, I've never done this before, but how hard could it be? I've, I've booked guests on my show. How hard could it be to get her booked on shows? And, and this was back in December of 2017. Started working with her, found out that, you know, it was, I was fairly good at it. Like anything else, it's just almost like hunting down the podcast hosts. Um, very similar to like when I was hunting down podcast guests for my show, started working with her, started to pick up a few more clients. After about six months to a year in, I realized that it could be a potential business. You know, I never expected it to be a business. I was like, you know, I can make some extra money on the side, helping out this one real estate investor and then a few other clients along the way. And then over time, I just kept more people coming to me being like, hey, can you help me get on podcasts? And it was probably about going into 2018. I was like, yeah, I can definitely help you. I can definitely see this being a real business. It really just took off from there, and specifically what we do is we help people get booked on podcasts to do guest interviews, so much like we're talking today. You know, our team had booked myself, or I can't remember if it was myself that they booked on your show, but if you listen to, like, let's say, like the Bigger Pockets podcast and they have guests on their show, so a company like ours would reach out to Brandon and, and David and, and try to get our clients on their show. So that's sort of what we do. And we found that it works really well in the real estate space more than sort of a lot of the other niches that are out there more often than not because people want to get more exposure, but also helps them, again, raise money for their deals that they're putting together. Typical investor that's listening to a real estate podcast is going to be, you know, may not be accredited, but at least have some money where they'd be able to take it to invest. So it's really been our main focus over the last year or so. Oh, wow. And so then as you're, you know, looking for the different podcasts for your guests to be on, um, how do you know which is the podcast is right for the guests? Like, how do you match them up? So typically, just look at their target audience, who they're looking to speak to. So if we have a multifamily individual, we're going to look to place them on other multifamily podcasts. If we work with someone in a self-storage space or mobile home park investing space, we'll look at those shows and try to place them on on those. So all of the times we'll get investors that come to us and they want to get placed on shows that are targeting accredited investors. So we'll look at the real estate shows and we want to make sure that it's not a show for beginners or just how to get started in real estate because typically those people aren't going to be accredited investors. They're, they're really just on the ground floor, just beginning. So we won't look at those shows. But then even outside of the real estate space, you can think of doctors, lawyers, dentists, the type of people that are going to have a higher net worth, most likely going to hit that accredited investor threshold. And those are some of the shows that we target. But it really just comes down to the target audience and, and making sure that the story is going to resonate because it, it really wouldn't make 
too much sense putting like a mobile home park investor on like a fix and flip podcast. Like the, the topics are just going to be two totally different uh, areas, even though it's in the real estate investing niche within itself. So you mentioned like the dentists and lawyers and like, um, how does that work and what kind of advice would you give on that side? So what I would recommend someone if they're looking to get on those shows is first, you know, there's, there's probably about 40 to 50 in each in dentist lawyers and doctor shows out there, but they're not all created the same. There's some shows where it's literally just dentists talking to dentists on how to best medical practices like that. They're not talking business, so don't waste your time on those. But there are shows, as an example, one called The Dental Treadmill, where the host is talking to people on how to make more money so that they don't have to be a dentist anymore. And that's like an example of a show where we would feel confident putting our clients on that show because, again, it's targeting people who want to get, quote unquote, off the dental treadmill. That makes sense. And so when you're asked to be a guest on one of those podcasts, like what are some of the ways to, you know, make sure that your message is targeting to that specific audience as a guest? I think it really comes down to honing in your story and figuring out what you're going to be saying. Like on our episode today, you know, I'm talking to real estate investors. So the, the tone of language I'm going to use is a little bit different because I also go on on entrepreneurship podcasts and marketing podcasts and sort of the tone of language that I use on those different shows are going to be, you know, very depending on the audience. So it really just comes down to who you're going to be speaking to. So if you're speaking to real estate investors, the tone of language might be a little bit different than if you're speaking to dentists or lawyers who don't really do real estate on their own, but they're looking for an area where they can place their money that's going to get them a good return on their investment. So again, it just comes down to figuring out who exactly are you going to be talking to and then continuing to go on those shows over time so that you're going to be able to hone in on your story because it's probably going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning, especially if you've never been on a podcast. It's probably going to take you at least five to 10 interviews in for you to really get comfortable and for you to hone in on your story a little bit more. So what are some of the recommendations you would give if, you know, you're newer to being a podcast guest and you want to get the practice? Um, What are some ways to, you know, make sure that you're primed and ready for the interviews? What I would definitely recommend is one, there's a site I recommend called listennotes.com and you can go on it. It's a monthly membership. You can do a two-day trial. I believe it's $16. And with that, you can type in the keywords real estate investing. Then you can also categorize by the show number of episodes. So for someone that's never been on a show, I'd recommend looking at a podcast that real estate investing podcast that has between one to 10 episodes out. It's going to be a fairly newer show with listen notes. You can click over to iTunes, make sure that they're interviewing guests. And additionally, listen notes also gives you the contact information for that podcast host. And I would recommend first starting with those shows. These are going to be the shows that not that many people are listening to. They're you know not as established or they haven't been around as long. And those are the shows that I recommend going on and practicing your story, getting comfortable with figuring out exactly what you want to say. Because the last thing you want to do is, is go on you know shows that have been around for two or three years and they have hundreds of thousands of people listening to them and they have a big audience. Because if you don't you don't want to like miss your chance of being able to provide good value to that audience. So just starting small because. I want to say there's about 150-ish, I think, real estate investing podcasts that are out there. And I'm assuming there's probably new ones starting every single week. So I would definitely recommend using Listen Notes as a tool to find some of those shows that you know are out for around a month or two. So again, you can really practice your story, hone in. Eventually, you can go off and, and go to those bigger and, and more known shows. That makes sense. And so how does being a podcast guest translate to being able to raise more money for syndications? Yep. So more often than not, it's one helps give credibility when people listening to you on a podcast. I, I don't know how to describe it, but when I see for myself, like when I see someone on a podcast, I take it that 
they've done something special to get on there because not the podcast host isn't going to invite someone to come onto their show if they don't have anything important to say if they aren't an authority in their niche like i can't like a, a real estate investing podcast they're probably not going to take someone on that's been in the space for for six months and only has a couple of deals under the belt they're probably going to be a more well established maybe they've been an investor for 5 10 15 20 years they they have a lot of deals under the belt they have a lot of assets under management so i think it really starts with that and I think that's just the the biggest thing I was trying to get across there. Sorry, I lost my I lost my train of thought there for a second. Oh, no problem. And so, um, what other advice do you give to being a guest on a podcast? When you're going on a podcast, you want to make sure that you have a landing page set up. You want to make sure that you have a lead magnet set up on your website. Where for me, I typically when I'm on a show at the end, it will give me an opportunity more often than not saying, "Where can our audience find you?" And then I'll go into the landing page that I have set up for real estate investors. On entrepreneurship shows, I don't have a landing page set up. I just have a lead magnet that I send them to. So you definitely want to make sure that you have a website set up again with a lead magnet or a landing page. Because if you're going on these interviews and you're spending 30 minutes, 45 minutes of your time, you want to make sure that you can see a return of your time being invested. And it comes down to having those systems set up. You don't want to just send someone to the homepage of your website. You know, you want to give them a specific action to take, and again, I say this, you know, someone can listen to you on an interview, think you have a pretty cool story, but they're just not ready to invest with you. Now, if you get them in your email funnel and then you, you know, you send them like, a, let's say an email once a week or once every two weeks. And then after about two to three months of getting consistent content from you, now they're ready to invest with you. They've gotten to know you a little bit better. They've gotten to know your company a little bit better. Now they're going to feel more comfortable with you. And, and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people miss is they, they have the expectation that when they go on an interview, right away, they're going to get people calling them to invest with them. And, and yes, that does happen before, but it's sort of a long-term strategy of again getting people into your funnel so that you can continue to market to them, send your properties over email to them, and that they can see it over time. So I think that's probably the strategy I've seen that works probably the best is getting people into your funnel. But again, it does happen where you're on an interview, someone calls you after they hear it and they want to invest with you, but more often than not the 75% of the time, it's they've heard you for two or three months and now they're ready to invest with you. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so is there any advice on during the interview itself, um, structuring the interview to be the most effective as possible? I find the best strategy is, is what I like to say from going from point A to point B. And people, I feel as though the audience resonates most with this, where you go into how did you go from not investing in real estate? Because no one is born knowing how to invest in real estate. It's you know, it's a skill that you learn over time. So if you can go say, I was working a nine to five job, I didn't want to do it forever. I wanted to figure 
a way out and I saw real estate investing as a potential opportunity. I went to some RIAs, I went to some meetups, I got a mentor, I partnered with him and we did this deal. Then I went off my own, I got another partner, you know, and as you go through the story and I think it allows people to really resonate with you. Then if you just came on and said, you know, I just put a a hundred unit complex under contract, you know, people, you know, recognize that as much. But again, I really think the best stories are the point A to point B. And they can also be considered rags to riches stories, you know, really just how did you get started? And how did you get to where you are? And then as the interview flows, you know, there'll be questions sort of in that middle part. And I, and I find that to be the best. And personally, those are the interviews that I love the most. And I think that's the best results we see for our clients when they're going out on chosen. And that's what I always recommend to them. And, you know, because everyone in the audience is going to be at a different level. Some people again, are going to be incredible investors. Some people are just going to be beginning and want to learn from you. So you can really help everyone out as you go through your entire story. And if you were to recommend, if you were to you know, advise on based off of your experience, maybe like the top three things that you shouldn't do as a guest on a podcast, what would it be? I would say one, probably the number one thing is like overly promoting yourself. Like there's a time and place in the interview where you're going to have an opportunity to promote. Typically it's going to be at the end of the show. You know, I'm not you know, you don't want to be going and I would say this as myself, I don't want to be going on an interview and just being like, oh, like you should work with me. I'm the best company out there. Like no one, you don't want to say like, I'm the best real estate company. You know, I provide 10, 12% returns. Like people aren't there to that. They're, they're there to learn and, and to be engaged. So that's one thing I've found um, that I've had to tone it down. Even with some of our clients, when I go back and listen to their interviews, I have to coach them and say, you have a great story. You just, you don't want to be overly self-promotional. The second point is not having like the right equipment. So you always want to make sure that you have a good microphone. You can go on Amazon. You can buy like the Blue Snowball, the Blue Yeti. Um, Audio Technica has some good microphones that you can buy as well. Making sure that you have a proper microphone because no one, no one wants to listen to an interview if you're taking it on your phone or if you just have like your Apple headphones in and, and there's no mic on the other end. Like it's just not going to sound good. And then I think two or the third point is probably just rambling on too long. You know, you want to make it conversational where you don't want to like, I wouldn't want to be talking and I wouldn't want a client to be talking for like five or 10 minutes straight. It's just no one really wants to listen to that. It's better if you talk for a minute to three minutes tops, and then you give it back to the host and you sort of go ping pong back and forth. I find those to be the best conversation instead of you just rambling on and on and on where I think like people get a little bit disengaged when they hear that. Thank you for sharing. And so is there anything else that, you know, people don't really think about as they're looking to be a guest on podcasts um, that we haven't kind of talked about? I'd say the biggest thing is there's tons of competition out there. There's people that are pitching these podcast hosts every day. So if you're going out there and you're creating a podcast pitch to send to these podcast hosts, you want to customize it to every podcast host that you send it out to. You don't want to send a cookie cutter pitch out to every single podcast host. And typically, What I recommend is when you're going off and you're sending a pitch to make a customized first sentence of the pitch, you want to let the host know that you've listened to their podcast, you want to comment on an episode, and then from there you can go into your background, your experience, why you want to talk to the show, and then you always want to make sure that you leave a five-star review for the podcast host because in the podcast, the reviews are sort of the gold standard that are out there. It's not going to take you more than two or three minutes to go onto iTunes, leave a nice five-star review, screenshot it, include it in the pitch. And you also want to include your website. You want to include relevant links to past episodes if you've done it. And basically a one sheet is where you can go into your full bio. You can go into questions you'd like hosts to ask you. And this pitch should probably be no more than four to six sentences. And then it's in that one sheet where you can go a little bit more in depth. 
because you don't want to send a pitch to a podcast host and to get you on and all of a sudden it's it's four to six paragraphs no no one no one's going to read that no one wants to read that it's just way too long but the pitch should be more about the host and less about yourself and, and more more so how good their show is and that you just want to be a part of the show and i find those are the pitches that work best and when someone's going off and crafting them again you don't want to send the host can probably sense if you send it enough the same sort of generic pitch where all you're doing is changing the host name and the podcast name within the pitch. You know, how many times can a host say, I would make a great guest for your show or I absolutely love your podcast? Like, you know, you got to make it a little bit more customized from that. Because again, these hosts are typically getting pitched a couple times a week, even more than that um, on occasion. So I definitely recommend making sure that you have a proper pitch written out to really customize it and make yourself sound good to the host. So one of the things that you mentioned was the pitch and making it a little bit more customized to each of the different hosts. So let's say you're going to be on, I guess, for like five different podcasts. Are you going to be telling the same story for in each of those different five podcasts? Or should you be changing the story up a little bit, providing different types of value? And what is your suggestion? Yeah, definitely recommend changing it up depending on the story that you're looking to share. And when you're going off and creating these pitches, I always like to make a reference to a past episode that the podcast host had. And then within that pitch, you can go into and say, you know, I can further your conversation with so-and-so by teaching them X. If you had someone that came in and talked about, I know, like investing in Kansas City as an example, and then you can further that conversation because you have some unique points. That might be an option. Whereas if you listen to another podcast host and the past episodes they have, you can relate to something different. You want to make sure that you include that. And and like for myself, when I'm pitching real estate podcast hosts, it's a little bit different than when I'm pitching a personal finance show or when I'm pitching an entrepreneurship show. The the story always changes. So I think you really should have it be customizable. That doesn't mean that you can't share the same story with multiple podcast hosts, but I do recommend trying to customize it. And for a typical person, how many podcasts should you be looking to be a guest on, on average? To really see a good return or to find value in it is about one to two per week. So you're looking at about anywhere from four to eight per month. You just want to make it consistent. And like what I have our team do for myself, I'll use listen notes. I'll go on, I'll find 30 podcasts at the beginning of every month that I want to be a guest on. And I'll have my team go in and they'll pitch myself to be on those shows. And out of that, some months I might only get five interviews out of it. Some months I get 15 out of interviews out of it. Depends on you know how good the pitching was and, and that sort of thing. But sort of just making it part of your ongoing marketing strategy. I don't, I never tell anyone just to go on one interview or just go on five interviews and you're going to expect to see a good return. It's sort of like a long-term strategy where you just continue to look for new shows, continue to find shows in your audience that you can relate to and just pitching them every month. And it doesn't have to be this long, drawn out process. I research the shows for myself, again, using listen notes, it takes me about two hours. And then I hand it off to my team and it probably takes them about another three to five hours to send these pitches off. So it could be something that you hand off to your assistant, you could always use a company like ours. But again, it's probably not going to take more than five to seven hours per month to really get booked on these podcasts and, and to really start to see um, some return on on the pitching that you could start to get booked on these interviews. And what kind of preparation would you suggest you should be doing prior to getting onto the interview? First and foremost, definitely make sure that you go back to the podcast, you know, make sure that you check in on an episode, get a feel for the flow, make sure that you know how to pronounce the host's name, and then read the show description again to make sure that you know who you're talking to. And I find those are the big things for me. You know, I'm I go on, you know, two to three podcasts a week for myself and 
you know, I always want to make sure that I go back and, and I make sure I know exactly who I'm talking to, make sure I know how to pronounce the host's name. And I do it generally about 15 minutes before an interview. I'll go back through, you know, make sure that I'm comfortable, especially if you've never been on a podcast interview before, it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable the first couple of times. So it just helps you to get a little bit more comfortable. You can get a feel for the structure of the show. You can make sure that you're pronouncing the host's name right and, and those sort of things. So again, it's just a little bit of extra prep work before the interview to make sure that you're going to be good once you're on the show. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Trevor. It was really wonderful advice. And so what is really next for you and um, you and your company? I think for next, it's just continuing to grow. You know, we we had done one marketing avenue this pretty much the entire time we built the company was just doing cold email marketing. And now we're starting to expand it a little bit more and we're starting to get some more clients coming in. So I think it's just continuing to expand it from here. You know, I, I didn't graduate college until May of 2019. So it's been like my real first year of being out of college and not having to you know deal with the, I guess the pandemic is still going on, but not as much having to worry about it in my business. So it's kind of like full steam ahead of just trying to grow the business, help more investors. And and for me, just looking to do more speaking gigs, trying to do virtual summits. I don't know if, if speaking engagements live will happen this year. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But for me, it's just getting the message out there, just trying to help investors any way that I can and, and help them grow their business. And so what is one thing that you would um, say to be a super, super successful on the podcast guest? What is like one advice that you would suggest? I would say just being repetitive or like not like, being repetitive in your story, but just doing podcasts, you know, consistently and doing like, even if you do once a week, just do once a week, every single week and being consistent with that strategy, because you're going to get better, you're going to get more comfortable with your story. And I find that it's hard, like, even if you take like two months off, it's going to take a little bit while for you to get your story back underground. But again, if you can be consistent with it, you know, and again, podcast interviews are take up no more than an hour block of your time. They're not all like the Joe Rogan podcast. No one's really doing like a, a three hour interview. They're typically again, under, under an hour. And if you can make sure that you fit that hour into your schedule every single week, again, it's a marketing strategy that's going to be able to help you grow your company. It doesn't take so much work that, you know, and it's not going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's, it's more just the cost of your time and, and really what you put into it. Thank you, Trevor. And so what are some of the tools and techniques that you use um, to improve the efficiency of your life or your business? The biggest thing was hiring employees. When I had first started, it was just myself. I was doing all the pitching. I was doing all the sales calls, all the things that go into running this company. And the biggest thing that's allowed us to grow is putting in the systems and processes to place. So basically what I do is as I create like a manual for our company where I write down every single thing, you know, even something as simple as doing payroll, like, you know, we do our payroll, like, I believe, like every um, biweekly, whenever it may be, like, biweekly on Friday, like, writing how that's done. So in case, like, our bookkeeper who does it, if she's going to be out, like, I don't want to go in and do that, someone else from the team can pick it up. So it's really just documenting all the systems and processes, and then figuring out what I don't want to do. And for me, I realized that I don't want to be pitching clients forever. It's not something that I necessarily love to do, but I know that it is a business that can help others. So I was able to go out there and build a team of people that love to do pitching where I'm more doing like the sales calls and more doing the podcast interviews to help promote the company. And it's really just figuring out what I want to do and then sort of outsourcing and, and delegating the rest of it to really focus on the things that I really enjoy and, you know, really just, I guess, just sticking to those. Oh, thank you so much, Trevor. And if our listeners want to find out more about you and what you do, um, where can they go? Sure. So they can go to podcastingu.com forward slash real dash estate dash investors. And then if they do have any questions about podcast guesting, they can also email me directly 
trevor at podcastingyou.com. Oh, thank you so much, Trevor. I really appreciate all the value that you added today and definitely a lot of great insight on how to be a great guest on podcasts. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.